Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources for the week. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and want to round out our week this week uh, talking about a, an editorial coming out of the New York Times late last week, and the title was The America We Need, a new project uh, being launched by the New York Times in the middle of the coronavirus, uh, talking about how uh, this is the time to do more government, and I want to share some thoughts about that. I've been thinking about it for a week now, just kind of hammering through everything that they laid out. And the conclusion I've come to is that if the cure for COVID-19, if the cure is the eradication of civil society and the mitigation of individual freedom, our success in all of this is going to be a complete and total failure. Uh, The New York Times editorial board published this piece, again, The America We Need, And it's similar to other efforts they've been putting out of late, layered with sweeping generalities, capitalist condemnations, and socialist-style solutions. That seems to be the order of the day for the the board uh, at the uh, New York Times. Uh, They've attempted to use this current coronavirus to to rewrite history a little bit, retrofit a flailing and often failing federal government and all the programs that go with it, but trying to frame it as the only possible way toward a better America. This government-centric country is not the America we need. Uh, Many Washington politicians and economic elites have convinced themselves that they have all the wisdom, all the power, all the authority to solve every problem for every citizen of America, uh, no matter what comes up. And sadly, what this often leads to is just bigger government, bloated bureaucracies of all kinds, budget deficits, ballooning national debt that we talk about regularly on this show. But there's a bigger problem. It leads the citizens to look to Washington for solutions to every problem. And the results of that are are twofold, really. First, it it obviously increases the size and the scope and the cost of the government, more intrusive into our lives. But second, and more important, this is what really concerns me. It causes the muscle of mutual commitment and common good to atrophy and the inherent interconnected social tissue of the American people to wither. That is not the America we need. We need a more connected civil society, more connected in our neighborhoods and communities, not less. And we can't look to Washington for all the answers. Uh, I once helped uh, Senator Mike Lee with a a speech he was going to give. We were talking about these kinds of issues. And we, we came up with a new version of an old fable that I think is very applicable with where we are today. It's a story of, of two brothers, Billy and Bobby. And Billy and Bobby decided that they were going to try to make some money. So they, they set up a little fruit stand at the side of the road, and they drove their old beat-up pickup truck out to the farmer's orchard. And they negotiated with the farmer. They purchased a truckload of apples at a price of 50 cents an apple. They returned to their stand at the side of the road and began to sell those apples for the head-scratching price of 50 cents an apple. 
So they sell the entire load. The brothers are so excited. Things are just going. So they drive back to the orchard. They bought another truckload of apples for the price of 50 cents an apple. Back at the fruit stand, the apples are flying off the shelf at the price of 50 cents an apple. (laughs) Amazingly, in no time, they'd sold out the entire lot again. They jumped back in their beat-up truck, enthusiastically raced back for another load. They filled the truck up. They paid the farmer 50 cents an apple. Now, they're sweaty. They're exhausted. The two brothers hop back in the truck, and they're racing back towards their fruit stand at the side of the road. As they drive along, Billy says to Bobby, you know, I've been thinking, we've been working really hard today. We've sold two full truckloads of apples, but it doesn't seem like we're making any progress in our business. Bobby replied, you know what? You're right. Bobby thinks long and hard and he says, do you think we need a bigger truck? Well, when it comes to the size and the cost and the scope of the federal government, we do not need the bigger truck the New York Times is selling. Like Billy and Bobby, we instead need to rethink what we're doing, how we're doing it, what we're trying to accomplish, and where we're, where we're really headed in all of this. And, and sadly, too many of our political leaders just want a bigger truck. In fact, they want a truck that is personalized with a license plate, heated leather seats, lift kit, designer hubcaps, and a tricked-out stereo system. They want it all. That's the kind of government they want. Uh, of course, the, the politicians never mention the price of the truck or how the payments are going to be made. Uh, they don't tell us uh, that the truck really won't solve all our problems anyway. It won't pay our mortgage or give us a job or provide retirement in the end. Uh, not to mention they fail to disclose the really fine print, which is that the truck loan is currently payable to the Chinese government and will be painfully extracted from our economy today and from our grandchildren tomorrow. So instead of a bigger truck, what we really need, what we really need is smaller government, bigger citizens, and more heroic communities. Plain and simple, that's the America we need. And we do that really well right here in the state of Utah. Uh, To be clear, uh, government does have a role, particularly in the midst of a pandemic like we're we're in right now. It's it's taking lives. It's ruining family finances. it's, It's really destroying and decimating small businesses, crippling national economies. And there are some things that only a federal government can do. So do those. Do those with excellence. Do them with transparency. Do it with complete accountability. So the role of the government should be that commitment that any solution is carefully measured, clearly communicated. But absent that, again, this is what worries me. We're going to end up with solutions to COVID-19 that will ultimately erode civil society and undermine our individual liberty. Now, it's interesting, the uh, the Times, in making their case uh, for this mega truck, this big, big government program, uh, they, they quoted Abraham Lincoln. It's actually one of my favorite quotes, that the purpose of the federal government was to elevate the condition of men, to lift artificial burdens from all shoulders, to give everyone an unfettered start and a fair chance in the race of life. That's all good. I believe that. But Lincoln, he wasn't so much worried about people having access to money or access to big government programs. He wanted people to be connected to people. That's the key. You know, I actually agree with Hillary Clinton I know that may be hard for some of you to believe, but she was right. When she said it takes a village, she was right. 
as long as we understand that the village is not the government. The village is us. And so we, we have to get beyond, especially in this time of crisis, thinking that just having more government is going to solve the problem. Especially when there's uncertainty, because when you are uncertain, you're more likely to give up some of the important things that you need. Uh, Benjamin Franklin cautioned, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Thomas Jefferson added, the natural progress of things is for liberty to yield and government to gain ground. So in this moment of vulnerability, we got to be careful what we yield and what we give. Because if we do allow this pandemic uh, to take everything, including our liberty, and to undermine civil society, uh, that's when we're really going to be in, in trouble. So as citizens, we got to be cautious. Got to be cautious that the big government cure to the human and economic effects of COVID-19 don't actually pull out everything else. Because we know the America we need. The America we need is an America with a small but strong government and a free society driven by bigger citizens and more heroic communities. That's what we need. That's the America we need. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the day today and throughout your weekend, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and above all, do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.